Chapter Forty One of Hero Tales from History. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Like Many Waters. Hero Tales from History by Smith Burnham. Lewis and Clark to Adventurers in the Far West. William Lewis, a nephew of General Washington's sister Betty, lived near Thomas Jefferson's beautiful estate in Abermarle County, Virginia. Two years before Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence, a boy was born into the Lewis family. This baby was given his mother's maiden name, Meriwether. Twenty-five years after writing the Declaration, Jefferson became President of the United States and went to live in the still unfurnished White House in the new city of Washington. Then he chose for his secretary Meriwether Lewis, whom he had seen grown up from boyhood. He was such a remarkable young man that later ex-President Jefferson wrote in a story of the life of his former secretary. When only eight years of age he often went out in the dead of night, alone with his dogs into the forest, to hunt the raccoon and opossum, which, seeking their food in the night, can then only be taken, plunging through the winter's snows and frozen streams in pursuit of his object. His talent for seeing things led him to a true knowledge of plants and animals of his own country. At the age of twenty, yielding to the ardor of youth and a passion for more dazzling pursuits, he engaged as a volunteer in a body of militia called out by President Washington. At twenty-three he was promoted to a captaincy and appointed paymaster of his regiment. In 1803 President Jefferson, acting for the United States, bought of France, through Napoleon, all of the country west of the Mississippi, which La Salle had claimed and named Louisiana. That vast region was sold for fifteen million dollars, which amounted to only two and a half cents an acre. This act is known as the Louisiana Purchase. The new country, called Louisiana Territory, was an unknown region thousands of miles in extent. Traders had gone up the Missouri River a few hundred miles, and voyagers along the Pacific coast had traded with the Indians at the mouth of the Columbia River. But no one knew much about the wide expanse of territory lying between or of the rise and course of either of those great rivers, so it was decided that someone should undertake the long and dangerous journey among savage tribes and wild beasts, and find out all about the region. Young Lewis had wished years before to explore that country, and had been kept from going. So now he begged the president to let him take charge of the great hunt for facts. The president had good reasons for consenting. He knew that Captain Lewis was brave firm and persevering and that nothing could turn him from his purpose he was well acquainted with the character and customs of the indians and was used to the hunting life he had carefully studied the plants and animals of his own country above all he was honest fair-minded and truthful so that whatever he might report would be sure to be true for these reasons the president felt no hesitation in trusting captain lewis to do so important a task with fatherly pride ex-president jefferson afterward wrote that young lewis was not certain that he could do this great work right so he attended a scientific school to learn more about plants animals minerals physical geography and astronomy he wanted all he should see to be of the highest value to his own country 
and to the other nations which claimed the great tracts next to the vast territory he had been appointed to explore besides he went to a factory where firearms were made so as to gain the working knowledge he might need some time to save the lives of his party he started down the ohio by boat from pittsburgh at louisville he picked up his former neighbor william clark brother of george rogers clark he had been a mighty hunter and indian fighter and had served his country under general anthony wayne captain lewis thought it best there should be two leaders in case of an accident to himself the two captains were real comrades and generous commanders keeping the respect and friendship of their men through the many hardships of their wanderings in the wilderness they started out from st louis in may eighteen o four with thirty-two experienced hunters scouts and woodsmen on their great adventure they had only a barge with sails and two smaller boats to go up the big muddy as the indians called the missouri river with the aid later of a few indian canoes they were to find their way to the far distant purple mountains and into the hazy regions of mystery beyond the president had charged his two young neighbors keep in peace and good will with the savages so the wise partners and their picked men joined in councils and powwows with the various indian tribes all the way up the long river they had brought with them bright medals which the chiefs admired though the red men could not read the words printed on them peace and friendship they could understand the two clasped hands one red and the other white under the lettering for that was the way they expressed the same thought in the indian sign language and the big chiefs hung the shining medals around their sturdy necks and grasped the white captain's hands in token of their lasting good will the indians were experts in signs when a red scout came to invite the white travellers to join in a council with the chief men of his tribe he would hold a folded blanket above his head and with a slow flourish unfold it then he bent forward and spread it on the ground like a carpet sat on it himself and motioned to the white chiefs to do the same then he would tell them with signs that his chief had invited them to come and join in a solemn peace-smoke talk at the indian lodge the city which stands on the place of one of these friendly powwows is called council bluffs captain lewis and clark made careful record of the adventures they had and the strange things they saw and heard as they journeyed and camped across half the continent their diaries filled three thrilling volumes during the first summer captain clark jotted down in his journal the mosquitoes were so numerous that i could not keep them off my gun long enough to take sight and by that means missed one morning captain lewis who was away exploring by himself awoke to find that he had a huge rattlesnake for a bedfellow another time they all lay down to sleep on a soft dry sandbar in the middle of the river in the night the men on watch woke them the strangest thing was happening whether they were lying on a quicksand or over an ancient volcano their sandbar was sinking it was so uncanny to feel the earth giving way under them that they trembled as they got into the boats just in time to save their lives of all of the dwellers in those western wilds the grizzly bears seemed most to object to the white strangers who prowled about their country unlike the indians the grizzlies attacked the explorers the great angry brutes rushed up and stood on their hind legs threatening the strangers with wicked eyes and red wide-open jaws and striking with their great clumsy paws some of the party brought back big bear-skins as trophies of their hairbreadth escapes 
the buffalo were almost as eager to look at their white visitors as the strangers were curious about them a few of the awkward beasts would follow the travellers about as if fascinated one night a blundering buffalo bull came into the camp sniffing right and left between the rows of sleepers the travellers waked up and tried to teach that big bison better manners than to call on strange gentlemen at such unseemly hours the captains made several copies of the records of the trip and placed them in charge of different members of the party one of these was carefully written on a kind of birch-bark paper which they believed would stand the hardest tests of time dampness and rough usage they explored for a little distance up every river flowing into the missouri and put down on their maps what they found out they shot deer antelope and buffalo and noted down what they could about all the small animals and the birds trees fruits flowers soil and minerals they found it took the explorers nearly six months to examine sixteen hundred miles of the missouri valley they went into winter quarters among the mandan tribe of indians building a stockade like a high picket fence of logs with cabins inside near where bismarck north dakota now stands and naming it fort mandan if they had not had so much to do in exploring and making friends with the redskins the party might have moaned like the indian in hiawatha oh the long and dreary winter but lewis and clark found plenty for one and all to do they met the chiefs of the neighboring tribes around their council fires they told all about the great father in washington who loved the red men as his own children and showed them a portrait of kindly gray-haired president jefferson after these love feasts the savages rubbed cheeks with the white men of course the greasy red paint rubbed off and the explorers must have laughed at one another in secret for they did look funny with their faces all smeared and mottled but the indians were so in earnest that they would have been deeply offended if a white man had dared to smile after a love feast they had another kind of feast on buffalo meat venison and wild duck then they exchanged presents the white men gave the indians beads blue and white were the colors the red men liked best with knives guns pewter mirrors and trinkets and the indians made return presents of ponies and of indian corn and of other foodstuffs then the travelers showed the indians how white people danced and the red braves gravely performed their war peace scalp and snake dances for their guests big indians solemnly played a game in which one side passed around a piece of bone while the rest tried to guess where it was as in the children's game of button button who's got the button the mandan tribe told the strangers about the fierce sioux the shoshones the blackfeet and other tribes farther west as the great river grew shallower and was obstructed by falls and rapids lewis and clark tried to buy indian ponies for the trip over the mountains at fort mandan they found a french scout whom they engaged as their guide and interpreter for the rest of the way he had a young indian wife sacagawea or bird woman who insisted on going with him she had a funny little papoose only two months old that could not be left behind of course absurd as it seemed to take a weak woman with a little baby on such a hard and dangerous journey the party soon found that they could not have gone much farther without her she was most useful as an interpreter in some places for example captain clark would say in english what he wished to tell a certain chief one of the other men would repeat this in french 
the indian woman's french husband would translate that into an indian dialect she spoke she would then repeat it in another language which an indian in the strange chief's party understood and he in turn would translate it into the dialect of the chief to whom captain clark had addressed his original remark roundabout as this method was it was far better than not to be able to talk at all and make friends of the red strangers the bird woman's greatest service was yet to come they had finally discovered the source of the missouri a cool clear crystal brook very different from the big muddy a thousand miles below an irishman in the party stood astride this narrow streamlet and called out sure and i never thought to see the day i could stand a straddle of the big missouri river captain clark and other men of the party started out in different directions to forage for facts and try to find the small beginning of the other river which the indian said would take them down to the great western sea one day lewis met a party of shoshones and tried to persuade them to go with him and act as guides he needed help moving the baggage over the mountains which are called the great divide because they separate the rivers which flow east into the mississippi river from those which run west to the pacific ocean though he offered the shoshones presents and the others favors they still refused to go then he appealed to the indians curiosity by telling them that if they would come with him he would show them a black man with curly hair for captain clark's negro servant was one of the party also there was an indian woman of their own tribe in the white men's camp this was more than the chief and several of his braves could resist so they returned with lewis to the surprise and joy of all the shoshone chieftain discovered that the bird woman was his long-lost sister who had been carried away by a hostile tribe many years before the bird woman helped her own tribe to a better understanding of the white men and persuaded them to furnish horses canoes guides and helpers over the divide to the headwaters of the snake river which empties into the columbia when they were in their canoes floating down this beautiful stream they laughed to think how much easier it is to go down than to pull up against the current but their speed greatly increased the danger they rushed into rapids and nearly plunged over falls one canoe ran upon a rock and they had a hard time rescuing from the boiling waters several men who strange to say could not swim once lewis and one of the men while climbing cliffs slipped over the brink of a lofty precipice and narrowly escaped being dashed to pieces on the rocks far below when they were floating down the columbia they saw their first live salmon and the indians cooked some for them at one place a great rock jutted far out into the channel leaving it very narrow and swift so that the water swirled around in dangerous rapids and whirlpools the cliffs on each side were so high and slippery that the two captains decided to risk shooting or steering a canoe through these rapids though several passing indians had warned them not to attempt it landing the rest of their party and their precious records lewis and clark made the trial trip and shot through without an accident after this they steered the other boats and men through in perfect safety before long they noticed that the water was a little salt showing them that tide-water from the pacific came up there farther down they saw three european ships at anchor near the mouth of the river on the seventh of november eighteen o five 
they reached a point from which they could see the surf heaving and rolling in the west the happy young captain wrote of this first view the fog cleared off and we enjoyed the prospect of the ocean that ocean the object of all our labors this cheering view exhilarated the spirits of all the party who were still more delighted on hearing the distant roar of the breakers and went on with great cheerfulness they built seven wooden huts on the shore of the pacific calling this winter camp fort clatsop they made friends with the indians of the columbia river region and gathered data for the government and supplies for their return trip as instructed by president jefferson they sent two of their number back around the world on a ship by way of china and the cape of good hope with copies of records and information they had thus far collected in march eighteen o six lewis and clark started back on their journey of more than four thousand miles reaching st louis in six months after many more thrilling adventures and hairbreadth escapes they had been gone from st louis two years and four months and during that time had travelled altogether a distance of almost eight thousand five hundred miles often the party suffered terrible hardships and were in almost constant danger from wild animals the winter cold and the lack of supplies and comforts for fourteen months they were shut off from all communication with the world and their friends were very anxious about their safety lewis and clark had accomplished great things by their expedition they had made friends of the natives and learned many things about the wonderful regions they explored their work helped to keep russia and england out of the valley of the columbia river and to give that rich country to the united states the task of opening up the west begun so long before by brave french explorers was now completed by those american patriot partners meriwether lewis and william clark End of chapter forty one